And welcome to the Modern Meltdowns TV Breakdown. This is episode 40. I'm your host, Matthew Soul. Joining me this evening is Tommy Din. These pits are bone dry. Let the drunk sing. And back from his trip over the pond, the one, the only, the one you've all missed, Roy the Wonder Boy. Well, isn't the pond the Atlantic Ocean? Yeah. I think so. Maybe. I didn't go over that ocean. Well, you did. You went over an ocean. But it wasn't the Atlantic Ocean. No, I'll call that ocean. I'll call I all oceans call a pond. Colloquially. Yeah, you can just say just pond. Used as an expression for overseas travel. Oh, it's great to have you back, Roy. Sure. <laughs> Uh, now, if you've been following along with us, this is going to be the last episode for this year. We've got a brand new website that we have to get up and running. So we're going to take off the silly season to get that up and running so that we have There's some also brand no new shows. stuff. Yeah, this is true. It it happens to nicely coincide with a lot of mid-season breaks, a lot of season finales. Uh, so we thought this would be the best time to take a break. Do not fear, we will return in the new year with a new website and new toys, and it's going to be a lot of fun. We've got some announcements coming up very soon, but before we get to that, we've got our last couple of shows to talk about. Uh, Firstly, let's wrap up Luke Cage, I think, because all three of us have seen it, so it'd be a good way to get back into the uh, three-way conversation that is this podcast. Uh, Luke Cage had a weird ending. I liked a lot of stuff leading up to the ending. Yep. <clears throat> like the, um, cause we've skipped like what, three episodes and then uh, no, it's about finale, two. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's about two episodes. So we're sort of condensing it down. Um, yeah, I liked a lot of stuff up to that point and then the finale was kind of dumb. Uh, but yeah, Roy, what are your thoughts on this? I was kind of disinterested through all of Luke Cage. So I can't have I had it on while I was doing other things. I did watch all of it. So it never redeemed yourself as the season continued? No, I think and it was a while ago, so I can't quite remember, but I think my opinion of it after whatever the last episode I discussed with you guys, my opinion probably stayed the same. Yeah. Like, it was was all right, but it kind of just felt like a weak wire. Nothing about the show really grabbed me, and I just wanted Luke Cage to find more people, and he never really did that. Mm. I think, uh, as me and Tommy were discussing it while you were gone, I think there were moments in the series that picked it back up, like the the death of Cottonmouth sort of shifted gears. Mariah became more of a interesting villain the introduction for me personally the introduction of diamondback in the last four episodes was very strange Uh, i don't really think they define the character i don't really think that like the big reveal is that uh luke cage and diamondback are uh paternal brothers and it doesn't it it sort of felt rushed it didn't it felt like a it, it sort of felt like it could have been a season onto itself and they sort of wasted it in, in four episodes. And then at the end of the season, they had this rather unusual fight where they, and this is going to be strange coming from me, they threw an homage back to the comics 
where Diamondback is in his his costume. And it was very strange. It was sort of anticlimactic in a way. I did like how Luke Cage ends up going back to prison at the end and sort of atoning for, like, trying to find a legitimate way to deal with the past. I actually did like him, like, crossing the bridge and and going to jail and everyone having to pick up the pieces. Uh, What about you, Tommy? Yeah, um, I actually didn't mind the the backstory stuff that they did with Diamondback and, you know, the whole him and Luke Cage thing, the rift they had. I felt like that was done well. I mean, it was a bit cliche, a bit tropey, but otherwise I felt like it sort of worked and it, you know, showed enough of a reason why Diamondback would want to kill Luke Cage all the time. Um, But yeah, then him coming back with, you know, basically just becoming Luke Cage and then them fighting each other was, yeah. I don't think that's what we kind of wanted out of Luke Cage. It's, it's a similar problem that The Flash always has as a show, is that as for the writers, they're just like, well, oh, we'll just throw in another Flash. So it's just like another speed battle. But what we were interested in is The Flash coming up, coming up against something that is a bit unique and he has to find ways to deal with that was why the turtle was going to be so awesome which didn't amount to anything and i think um like i had ho- hopes of something like that happening with mariah saying like why don't you drown this guy why yep. don't you yeah they kept bringing that up this? but it never came it never happened yeah so I, I wanted stuff like that where um they were going to be smarter about how they dispatch lee cage but it's still just like shoot the guy or do this. Yeah, yeah let's use or, magic bullets. I mean, that was fine. I mean, that was fine for a bit. But, I, you I know, as, as the end game, as a smart villain, you want him to be better. But I guess in season two, Mariah will hopefully be the smarter villain and try to, you know, drown him and try to dispatch him in different ways if he comes back. I mean, the bullets were right at first. Because they cost like $10 million each or something. And then suddenly... They've got machine guns with them, so it just became a bit silly. I think uh, you guys both hit hit the uh, the nail on the head, and that is, uh, it, in comics, um, a villain will fight a superhero, and they will have an advantage over the superhero. So, you know, in the case of Batman, you've got all of these villains who have some sort of specialty that can beat Batman. The Joker will kill. Poison Ivy obviously has... Uh, plant powers like he fights metahumans superman has lex luthor and when you have a villain that has the advantage over the hero the hero has to be smarter in overcoming the uh, advantage that the villain has it seems to me that villains on tv they don't have an advantage they just go onto the same level and there's no challenge in that for the the hero to overcome and so i feel that audiences at least myself find it difficult to really share in a hero's achievement when all they're really doing is playing someone in an even field and you know punching them in the head and that's ultimately what that that end battle felt like and it also felt very tacked on i don't think luke cage was meant to be a superhero show uh, filled with incredible battles and and that and and even the the Diamondback fight really wasn't that engaging. I've seen you know some pretty cool choreography as far as superheroes go over the last couple of years, and I can't say it was anything that I thought was particularly amazing. One thing 
that was actually memorable about that fight was the fact that it, it was you're surrounded by a, a crowd. Yep. So you had people, you know, hollering and, and saying stuff throughout it. And I like that aspect of the fight. Yep. Because you don't see that very often in any superhero TV show, really. Yeah, yeah that's true. The civilians usually get out of the way. They run away. and I mean, online criticism kind of has a lot to do with that because people get the shits when there are civilian casualties for some fucking reason. And... So now riders have to make sure that the area is completely cleared of anyone before superheroes can fight villains, which I think is just very, very silly uh, because it's the fucking shows and movies about people in capes and magic powers. It's it's not high art and it's not something that's meant to be taken ridiculously seriously. Uh, so yeah, I agree. Like it is nice to see a crowd cheer on a hero. I remember in Spider-Man one and two, the original Sam Raimi films, they had those moments where the New Yorkers would sort of rally around Spider-Man and, and help him to, uh, fight the villain, which was always fun. So yeah, I, I agree with you. I just, that, that battle, I, I just feel it was really unnecessary. It, it was like we've got to end this series. How do we do it? Ah, oh, let's just do a superhero battle. Just I have something really to say about this battle. Yep, go that ahead. That might be a bit um, controversial for you too. Okay. And that is, I think that this fight was worse than the fights from Arrow. I like the fights from Arrow more than this fight. Um. I'd actually probably agree with you. The choreography and the arrow fights are probably more fluid and interesting visually. Because, I mean, this this fight was just... They were just just punching each other. There was no fighting style. And they were supposed to be super strong, so that didn't make sense with what was actually happening in the fight. It was just... I was not into it. Hmm. I'd actually agree with you on that. Uh, what about you, Tommy? That's Would- one of the problems with this this show as a, as a superhero show in general is that um, for whatever reason, the, the director or editor or whatever doesn't have a sense of um, choreography or whatever. Like everything, a lot of the action is very flat. Yes. I will give, the, I will give the director this, though. He does get pretty good performances out of the actors. Yeah, yeah I mean, in terms of performance, in terms of... Um, you know, imagery, stuff like that. It's great. But when it comes down to action scenes, it's, yeah, it's, it's very flat compared to almost any other action show I've, I've, I've watched. Like I, like Agents of Shields, I prefer their action a lot to this, even though I, I assume they'd have way less money. And yeah, you know. Yeah. And I but. think you, I think you could, uh, you can do the brawler style choreography and make it interesting. I, I think of like the yeah, Rocky Daredevil films and yeah, Daredevil. Uh, they had amazing choreography. Uh, even like when Jessica Luke Cage was Jones on did. Daredevil and um, Jessica Jones, that was pretty legit. Yeah, yeah. I I don't recall when I was watching Jessica Jones where I thought Luke Cage was flat or uninteresting, but yeah, the the I I felt I feel like they found the right director to give a voice to the characters and make the characters interesting. They just, I don't know. They fell a little bit short when it comes to the choreography. I I don't know. Maybe they were just too focused on making a superhero show 
and they should have started with the characters first, and then, if the story allowed, try and come up with some interesting fights. There's definitely improvement that need to be made there. I totally agree with both of you. Uh, now, we'll move on from this, but uh, just before oh, we do... Before... Yeah, okay. Sorry. I got something out too. Yeah, I was just about to say, we'll, we'll do some final thoughts. So, Tommy, you go first. Um, all right, so before we do the wrap-up, I want to say there was another, yet another, Wire alum to mention. I think his rapper name is Method Man. Yeah, yeah, Method Man. Um, and he's he plays himself in this. But in The Wire, he played like a legit gangster boss dude. Uh, he is quite a good actor, and I liked the scenes with him. And when Luke Cage comes back into town... Yep. And people are sort of questioning whether Luke Cage is a good guy because of all the shit Diamondback has been saying and stuff, and he rocks up, and, is, and he has to go do a thing, and two, these two guys try to rob a store. Like, that whole scene was really good. It was actually <laughs> very good. It, it also led to some interesting imagery and some social commentary, which I liked, and that's the, uh, the bullet-ridden hoodie. And so yeah. the, uh, the African-American community in Harlem, they all start wearing the the hoodie with holes in it and police stop everyone uh, because of this one identifying feature. And I thought, you know, I'm not going to baby anyone. If you don't understand the metaphor, that's fine. But I, I really appreciate it. I thought, especially now, like the iconography of a, a, a hoodie riddled with bullets is, uh, it's, you know, it's in our society. And it also goes to show that, you know, a hero can be in a hoodie and a hoodie doesn't have to be a thing of fear. And, you know, the, the people who wear it aren't necessarily out to get you. So I like that scene as well. Yeah. Um, so now we can wrap things up. Uh, I mean, I enjoyed Luke Cage overall. I think it, it hit for me more than it missed. Um, the cottonmouth thing, that was, that was pretty legit. I did not see that coming. Diamondback as a, as a throw-in was... Unnecessary. Like if they were doing that, they they should have just kept Cottonmouth. I I feel because uh, yeah, Diamondback didn't really add anything other than his ability to just get those bullets into Luke Cage. Um, um, Shades and Mariah. I like what was going on there. That messed up relationship, flourishing in the midst of all this chaos. That was good. Um, but yeah, I'm I I had watched season two. Despite some flaws in this season, yeah, still I, a good show in my book. I, I'd echo your statements there. I think uh, for me, what stood out for Luke Cage the most was the acting, uh, was the charisma of the actors and their ability to work with each other. Especially what you said, you know, Mariah and Shades. They had this really great dynamic that I loved. Uh, I'll definitely go to season two. Uh, I feel that it is definitely a step up uh, with some of the other superhero TV shows. As far as I am concerned, though, I definitely enjoy, enjoy Daredevil and Jessica Jones more than Luke Cage. Uh, I felt the inclusion of Diamondback was very tacked on, uh, but I did like the ending. I thought it was a, a, a very interesting way to end the season. Um, I feel that uh, for a show called Luke Cage, it didn't really... For me, Luke Cage didn't hit that much. It was more uh, Misty Knight. I think I enjoyed the progression of her character a lot more than I did the others, but I'll definitely go to season two. Uh, and what about you, Roy? How do you feel in the end? Well, I agree with what you both said about Shades and um, Mariah. That was an interesting relationship. 
and I did like that that came out of Cottonmouth getting killed. I didn't see that coming. Um, but this show didn't hit enough notes for me for me to be interested in season two. I just wasn't all that interested in any of the characters apart from Shades, really. Diamondback, and I don't mean this to be a pun, but he was too comical and silly, just like the way... Um, one thing that stands out was when they're in the hostage situation and Shades is like, do you, do you actually have a plan? It's like, no, we'll just wing it. And then he eventually just ends up escaping randomly. Somehow. Yeah, henchman just was chilling for ages and it's like, oh yeah, by the way, there's a back door. I mean, didn't the police have like the blocks around it or I don't know. It was just so <laughs> kind of silly. Yep. And yeah, I mean, I like everything showed... else about that situation though, I will say. Yeah, it was all right. I mean, I don't know. Again, I've, I've felt throughout that the same problem I had throughout the rest of the show. I just wasn't really interested in anything that was going on. Mm. Well, uh, Luke Cage seems too wishy-washy. Well, there you go. Roy doesn't like black people. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just... I had to do it at least once. You guys always hit me up with those those sort of jokes. Well, so I, I thought can I'd... understand why you take that good. interpretation. Yeah. Cool, cool. I'm glad I got one in. I, of course it's I don't good, mean good that. good justification as any. <laughs> Roy. I feel. Roy, Roy, Roy's a good dude. Yeah, Roy, something's so goddamn racist. Jesus. <laughs> well, what can I say? I just hate black people today. It's no, it's no fun when you go along with it. it ruins my fun. Uh, we'll move I know. on. That's what I'm doing it. Yep. Uh, so we'll go forward now to uh, the very last episode of Westworld. Roy, you haven't caught up on this series, I believe. Correct. Okay, so you may want to block your ears or have a cup of tea or... Yeah, I'm going to meet you guys. Just hit me up on the Skype yep. when you're done. I think that'd be the best case. Uh, major yeah, spoilers. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, last episode of Westworld. It, kind of a, a surprise it being an hour and a half, which is nearly movie length. Well, it is really movie length. That uh, That surprised me. Uh, this was probably a really good way to end the season... Uh, I felt that the the best thing that they've done is they, they wrapped up a lot of stuff. They left a little bit open to get you to season two. But I also felt that all the imagery, all the weird, surreal moments, all of it, it had, for me, very satisfying explanations. Uh, that is um, uh, like the maze... The stuff with William and Dolores. Uh, why, you know, where? why was Bernard created? All of this stuff. I, I felt that everything was wrapped up in a nice little bow. Uh, what did you think of the season finale, Tommy? Yeah, it was really good. Everything, yeah, everything wrapped up. All of our questions, all of these little things. Like, it's, 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 it's awesome because um, I feel, as someone who comes from kind of a design background, sort of, it's 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 excellent to see that almost everything that's happened has sort of been part of Ford's plan. Like the the break, we find out that um, despite her uh, 
like so, the the feeling of her independence. Um. Oh, what's her face? The the, the robot who almost escapes. No, Maeve. the robot who almost escapes. Maeve. 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 Um. Bernard is like looking up her her thing in this episode because he gets resurrected because they find him. Um. And he's like, dude, all your all your things are actually st- you're, you're still scripted. You're still doing what you're you're intended to do. Um. And I don't, I don't necessarily know if that was Ford's plan, actually, now that I think about it. But it's one of those things where that's either them becoming completely sentient, where they're writing their, their, their script is just being written by themselves. But I kind of like to think that this was actually still just like kind of part of Ford's plan for all this stuff to happen. Well, I, I what do felt, you feel about that? I, I felt it's definitely part of someone's plan. Uh, initially, I actually thought it was done... Uh, so the executives could sneak uh, the information off-site. I mean, it's the perfect plan, isn't it? Make one of the robots aware, set them up to follow an escape script, and then you just pick them up as they leave the park. That's pretty legit. Yeah. I have thought about it from that angle. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. I thought as soon as she got onto the train, uh, there'd be two like, strong-arm uh, people to escort her away. Uh, so I thought that was going to happen. Obviously, it didn't. So... I mean, you could see it as, as forward, um, but I mean, she's not really conscious either. Like it, she is definitely following a script. We see the, uh, the lines of, uh, of code there that definitely have the word escape in it. So she's still being manipulated. I like how she rejected the idea, uh, which I thought yeah. was, uh, it was interesting. That's a very human. Well, it's, very, it's very human. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. A thing. You know, that's, and that's kind of cool. Like in, uh, in a, a sort of roundabout way, it all sort of comes back together. Uh, so, yeah, I definitely thought uh, it was really, really cool. It was a very satisfying, uh, I wouldn't say conclusion to her story. It was definitely a full stop, and I thought it was a very interesting perspective. Uh, there's a lot of cool stuff that also happens in this episode that I think hints to the next season. Uh, we see some samurai robots as Maeve is walking through. That was through. best. I want to see Shogun World. Oh, I do too. And, I mean, and I'm that... pretty sure that's what the world is called because it's S World. Yeah, it can't be called Samurai World because that's not. That's not correct. Can't do that. It, it's no. The, the time period is the sh- of the Shogun. It so it has to be Shogun World. Yep. Uh, and that's amazing. It makes you think oh, how many other little uh, places are, are being made. But I mean, and... yeah, it just makes sense. It's like, well, the, the, these parks. There's probably fucking heaps of them. Yeah, for every man. time period almost, right? Like. It's got to be like the Ice Age world, yep. Ice World, or whatever. A Jurassic World, maybe. Perhaps. <laughs> I just want to say dinosaurs. Perhaps. It, just like want to see dinosaurs, even though you've already got that movie. <laughs> the uh, the other stuff that I really liked was how they. I've been a little bit dissatisfied with Dolores' story, uh, just because it is uh, non-linear. It was hard to follow, and I was trying to sort of. You know, what is significant, what isn't. And I felt that by the end of this episode, I know who Dolores is. I know what the uh, the the go is with this character. Uh, the fact that she is Wyatt, I thought was a... Gr- that was a masterstroke of, of storytelling. Yeah, I saw it. I, I want to... Like, this is the thing, right? Like, because the, the, the black... The man in black got ruined for me, right? So when he was fully revealed or whatever, I didn't have that, like, oh, I figured it out moment for him because it's like oh someone else already didn't for me god damn it but with her there was a moment when she was going through the flashbacks and watching 
um, uh, Teddy just kill people. I'm like, oh my god, she's fucking Wyatt. And I figured it out. I'm like, and you just get this this moment of elation. And I and I felt that and I got that. So I, I'm glad that there was something else in Westworld that allowed me to have that as a thing. And uh, yeah, that was really that was a really good sort of little little twist because you imagine some kind of like fucking you know savage guy or whatever you know who just wants to fuck shit up. But yeah, it's just it's fucking Dolores. Yeah, it's, it's and it's beautiful. It is. It is. It's it's very poetic, and I really really liked it. Uh, it was kind of uh, sad to see how Arnold's story sort of fell apart. Uh, but again, like, uh, why did Arnold create the maze? Who was it for? It was never intended for the man in black or anyone in the park. The maze is a uh, almost like a step-by-step guide to consciousness, or at least what uh, how Arnold thought that a, a robot could become sentient, could... Uh, start to feel and think for itself and they had to follow this maze it was it was more of a um like instead of saying that it was physical it was more internal it was more software it was sort of like it's the, it's, it's it's philosophical yeah um nature but it, it drove the development of consciousness and if you got to the middle which dolores essentially does towards the end and i think she did that at a point before then or whatever but yeah, once you, once you get to the middle, you you know they're, they're trying to find everyone's trying to find what's at the center of the maze, and it's yourself, right? So us us humans, we're conscious. That's what we we find if we are so if we would need to search in in those terms, but we don't. Um, and the man in black felt like he did because he felt like it was a different thing, um, but it wasn't made for him. But despite that, he still gets. He, I I feel like he's still getting what he wants now. Yeah, he he definitely this, does. Uh, he's yeah. It, it's interesting because he was looking for um the Arnold's final uh, story or whatever. But what he was really looking for was Ford's final story, which is kind of interesting given that you know Ford and Arnold had like they were partners, and it was because of. Arnold sort of dying that set this kind of whole, like this whole thing off anyway. Yep. Yeah, it was neat. Yeah, I I totally agree. I also like uh, how for the whole season I've sort of been wondering what is Ford's motivation? Who is Doctor Robert Ford? And initially I thought it was the you know him maintaining the the park was more of a superficial thing. You know, he obviously had a rough childhood and did not have great control over, you know, his life. And so he liked to control these puppets. He liked to form his little worlds and tell his stories and manipulate people. And it's kind of interesting how by the end of this season, this this particular episode, it turns out that Ford was more inner, more philosophical, maybe even than Arnold was. Because he is, he took... Arnold's idea and pushed it forward and, and essentially created a sentient race that like a god in and of itself, he takes a step back and perishes so that his children, this new race can be born uh, towards the end of the season. And I mean that quite literally because Dolores shoots him in the fucking head. 
Uh, it's a shame to see Anthony Hopkins go because I love him in this series. And I'm sure a robot version of him may pop up in season two or three. Uh, but the poetry of that moment of you know becoming the creator, the Prometheus, and letting your children go forward and then taking a step back, relinqu- relinquishing the world to them. And in the same time, like wiping out these high-level executives, the, the, the people who you would call masters of society, at least, you know, that's how I see them, these masters of industry that really do control and dominate a lot of us. And in that sort of last scene where Dolores becomes self-aware and, and takes out Ford and starts killing the executives, it's, you know, taking out the top, uh, the, the, these children starting to reclaim, uh, or at least for the first time, claim their world. And I love the poetry of that that whole scene. It really makes the entire series worthwhile just to get to that point. Yeah, to add on to that, there's this very nice theme of iteration and you know recursion happening there too because um, Ford ends up dying and getting killed in, in almost exactly the same way as Arnold did. Yep. Basically doing the exact, almost the exact same thing, but he took it, you know, that one step forward from Arnold it only took but it you know it had taken an extra 30 years to get there but um he built on everything that happened with Arnold's iteration and he progressed it forward it ends the same way but you know this 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 is the start of the next iteration of of that kind of loop um of the park's existence so I like that aspect of it like thematically that all works out as an addition to what you said. So it adds to the poetry. Um, and this is why we love shows like this, because there's just so many of these things that just, these themes, these elements that just add on to make the art more meaningful. Yeah, especially that that's what I love about fiction. Um, people, you know, call you a, a nerd or a weirdo or, or whatever become, be, by becoming so involved in this. But again, it's like what Ford is talking about. He's like, stories allow us to understand ourselves better. And that's what this series is all about. Like, this series really is about humans. It's about humanity, what it means to be human and uh, dealing with the consequences of our actions. I mean, there's so much in there that I'm sure they're going to be doing. Uh, I'm sure university teachers are already planning their curriculum around uh, Westworld. I'm sure it's already in the works. Uh, just quickly, we will have to keep on time here. So, Tommy, what are your final thoughts on Westworld as a season, as a new show? Uh, it's really good. It jumped off the gate very strong with a good premise, a good uh, mystery. Um, interesting sort of aesthetic. West, The West is, is kind of falling off. It's somewhat resurgent now, thanks to Tarantino and, and stuff like that. But... Um, but yeah, it's good in that respect. It's got a good mix of technology, philosophy, uh, game design. So I'm I'm super into it on that level. And uh, yeah, the mysteries they play out the the you know the, the branching storylines. Well, the, yeah, the storyline branches out into multiple, and then all it all converges into one point. And um, and I think you had a few problems with how those sort of went, but I felt like. There was always one main thread that you kind of paid attention to, and then the side ones you could kind of, you you knew that it was going to pay off eventually, and I and I felt like the payoff was definitely worth it. Like I, but that I didn't even have reservations when they were sort of 
um, flatter than the main because that's kind of the point of having the main branch be the thing each week. But yeah, it was really good. Yeah, nine yeah. or ten out of ten for me this show for sure. Yeah, I'd absolutely agree. It's definitely something that I've enjoyed watching. Uh, for me as well, like I, I'd echo all your thoughts. Uh, you have to add as well the amazing performances, especially by Anthony Hopkins. Yes. Um, the entire cast. Everyone is fantastic you know, in this. They are. To become, they become robots. They become automatons. Uh, it's definitely a, a, a difficult thing to be able to achieve, and I feel that all of them have done that. Uh, the... The direction, the music is also yes. really good. Like that theme, the theme song is amazing. Yes, uh, the uh, the reiterations of classic uh, songs. You can even go online and have a, lo- a look at some of the songs that were reworked into these Western piano pieces. Uh, the aesthetic as well was amazing. The look of it, uh, yeah, just an amazing show. The the performances. Uh, incredible. I'm sure all of these people are going to be winning Emmys next year. Uh, so definitely check it out. I'm absolutely going to season two. We're absolutely going to talk about it uh, next season. Okay, so we're going to... Uh, this is probably the... This and S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, are the only two shows that are still sort of halfway through their season, but we're calling this a mid-season break at least. Uh, now, I haven't watched all of Black Mirror, so... I'm going to hand it back over to you, Tommy, to talk about this episode, and I'll chime in with the the bits that I'm sort of aware of, uh, and we'll go from there. So, have at it. Uh, This is Uh, episode six, by the way. Yeah. So, this one's all about social media, and uh, social media and hatred, hate campaigns, things like that, and virality. This one was Um, the one with the bees, right? That's correct. Yeah, specifically... Um, in this in this world, they've made little bees that replicate and are basically robot bees that pollinate um, stuff, and that's you know very clever because you know bees are on the decline now, and that's bad. Cause we need bees so to bees pollinate don't. stuff. Um, so the solution is in the in this future in in England is that they just have a whole bunch of autonomous bees and they have this system and all this kind of stuff, and basically it gets hacked, and people who become the center of a lot of hate for whatever reason based off what they say like like i think the first person said some stuff about someone disabled or something uh the person yeah the person in the wheelchair self-immolated in protest over cuts to uh health um government health funding so they burnt themselves to death and then the the journalist decides to capitalize on that and disparages the person who uh who burned themselves to death so on social media, they get hated, and then there's this hashtag that gets set up called Death2, and then you send them a picture, and uh, based off of that, there's a, you know the bot collects all of the data, and then will like get a bee and go and send it to kill them. And then there's this kind of murder mystery thing going on at the very in the first probably 20 minutes, where they're trying to figure out how these people die, um, and that was kind of neat. But I thought that at the very start, it was like, that's the bee. You had that one shot of the bee. The bee that did it. Um, but then it, <laughs> it was more the bees. Um, but, thank- yeah, but thankfully, that wasn't like a big twist or anything. That's just a little part of it. And the, the bigger thing is how they... The, the, the bigger stuff, so catching the guy and what his, his plans are and all that kind of stuff. Um, 
So Matt, what did what was the last part you remember? Uh, so, so the last bit for me uh, was there was a woman who uh, was pretending to pee on a war memorial, and so she was oh, yeah. identified as a victim, and they the the police who were investigating. And this is uh, there are a couple of things that I mean I can definitely talk about the themes of this episode. Uh, you know, you've got vigilante online violence. Uh, this is becoming a serious threat uh, in the real world. This is definitely becoming a threat. We see it with things like Harambe, which happened earlier this year. Uh, the family did indeed um, uh, suffer death threats over what happened with that. Uh, and they definitely uh, they show you what it can lead to in this episode. They're like, okay, you know, right now it's a bunch of people slagging off someone. Uh, but what if we take it a step further and people do start murdering people? Which, look, to to be honest, knowing human nature, uh, I'm sure that there's a serial killer just waiting in the wings to do exactly just that. Uh, people will start to die over social media outrage. It's it's definitely not too far off. I mean, people can can die already because of various things. Like, people find out people's addresses and then go over their houses and actually kill them. Like, that yeah. is a thing that happens. But this thing is very different because uh, because of technology... Uh, the murderers can essentially crowdsource their victims. The victims. Yep. Yeah, crowdsourced murder. It, it becomes the the murdering becomes a popularity contest or an unpopularity contest, <laughs> as it is, um, which is kind of an, an interesting concept because and they do show this a little bit in the in the sh- in the episode where the the news kind of covers it when it when it when it, the idea leaks um, that that this is what is happening and. So the news is like polling who's like number one, who's going to get killed. And it's like, is that for, like, I can't, like, I can sort of see that happening. I don't think it, it w- would in our society. So for me, there are a few flaws because of the, the scope of this uh, for me. But otherwise, it, it brings up a lot of stuff that it's actually kind of cool to think about. And in that world, it, it sort of works. And it's kind of interesting to think about. What about you, Roy? What are your thoughts on this episode? Um, no, it wasn't. Bit ago that I watched this, but I mean, I hate to always bring this up, and I agree with a lot of Thompson's sentiments. Well, it was an interesting take on how you know, people can try and use their online. I guess it's not quite anonymity, but you know the way you're sort of removed a little bit from society by being online. Yeah, to just you know decide who they want to kill and the way. It you know, all came back to bite them at the end. I thought it was really funny. And uh, do you see that twist coming at the end, Thompson? Uh, no. Not until, like, there was something that happened, but they basically just gave it away in, in some form. Yeah. But I didn't get it until it was, it was later, like, very much later. Yeah. So, probably, so yeah, no, basically. If I could uh, just echo what you said there, Roy, there's a great moment in this episode where they're talking to a school teacher, and this school teacher was one of the people who sent a death cake. It was, uh, fuck you, uh, yeah, it was yeah. fr- frosted on the cake. And the police are talking to her, and they're like, you know, you, that's a threatening thing you sent. And it's like, well, um, I, I just contributed a dollar. There were 30 other people, so that makes it normal. Uh, it's confirma- It's what's called confirmation bias. When you have a, a bunch of people agreeing with you, then you feel that what you are doing is right. 
And this woman is actually a little bit shocked when the police are sitting there uh, and they do inform her that, hey, look, um, you have broken the law. And she's very, very shocked. It's it's kind of interesting, this, this idea that now uh, we live in a society now where numbers, if there are greater numbers of someone believing something, then that must make it morally justified. Uh, so if you have a thousand people online saying someone should die and that person dies, then you're justified in your actions because you're not weird. You're just going along with the common consensus. You know, there's, there's a really great piece of dialogue in this exchange where the, the teacher says, I'm not a weirdo. 30 other people did it. Like if I sent her a death threat by myself, I'd be weird. It's like, no, you're a weirdo for doing what you've done just because there were 30 other fruitcakes that did it with you. Uh, doesn't, uh, diminish what she's done and the, the cops point that out to her uh, that was another thing I liked about this episode is you you've seen the trope now of the grizzled detective that doesn't ascribe to social media and the the more uh, in like plugged in detective that does uh, and I like that the, the between the two of them um, that you have one that that it's just this trope that's now forming. I think we're just seeing the birth of a trope of the, the detective who is completely unplugged from social media and hates it so much, uh, or at least is disinterested um, in it. I think it's a be much to say it's a trope because that's, I mean, that just happens in real life a lot. People just don't, old people, some old people just aren't interested in computers. After, well <laughs> uh, after um, watching this episode, I really, really want to shut down all the social media accounts that we have. <laughs> it's, uh, man, I have so many problems with this episode of Black Mirror. Sad to say, but I have so many issues with this episode. Um, all right, go. All right, okay. So when, well, first, let me just say, there were a lot of things I really liked about it. Um, I liked when there's, there's this moment where, like, like the the the, the, prim, the prime minister or like some really high guy in in office. Yeah, I think I, I think it's a theme. Is like he's like number one at the moment, and there's like it's being covered on the news, and they have this meeting about what they could do with it, and what you know, and all this kind of stuff. And he's just like, "What about that other guy? I know he's a pedophile or whatever. I'm just gonna fucking throw him under the bus." And I thought that was good because in terms of humanity, you know, people will uh, in those kind of moments. It's about survivability over anything else. So they'll throw yep. fucking other people on basketball garbage or whatever. Yep. Uh, that was great. Um, issue was, uh, in, this, in these circumstances, they established the, these kind of rules for how the, the game works. And it's, it's by... Um, so the, the, the robots figure stuff out who they're going to kill via facial recognition because of the images that are sent through the Twitter hashtag. Right? Yeah. So... The first time the person gets, they're under custody and they're trying to like save them. She, under custody, she kind of dies, and so they they've had a few goes at this already. And then it's the, the next day, the PM's like, he's gonna die. And they're like, what are we gonna do? How are we gonna save him? And then it's like, we can put you in this bunk and we can all this kind of shit. And I'm like, fucking put him underwater. Like that's one. Change yeah, his submarine. face. Yeah, just have him wear a mask. Change, change his face. And this is the perplexing thing. Right, it's the the writers knew that that was a um, uh, a a solution to the problem because the guy who you know orchestrated the whole thing—that's what he does at the end to escape from the um, the the reverse hashtag uh, apocalypse thing. 
that happens, right? So that's how he gets away with it. And the, uh, just the fact that no one thought of that kind of stuff before then is mind-boggling to me. Yeah, that really bothered me. I mean, they made such a big deal about escaping from these bees, and I'm just thinking, well... So it's so easy. Just, so fly, just, fly, just fly into another country, or don't have them go outside, or... You know, yeah, there's lots of ways. And how would how did the bees know to go inside the house that that girl was in? That was another thing that well, didn't really make yeah, sense. I think there was part of it is that there was some kind of remote operation going on. So I, I felt like it wasn't purely all just about facial facial recognition. So that someone like the guy did have some control over what was going on. So he could say, okay. I've tracked her here, and, and it was kind of dubious. Like I, I don't really buy it, but for me, it's like it. There is a small chance that it that they could have done a thing for that to happen. But yeah, I, know, that, I feel that it was, was a bit of a stretch. Um, yeah. Uh, is, so is that indicative though of trying to tell a story on a much larger scale, um, involving something like these bees? Could you say that? Like if they did, if they came up with an easy solution, suddenly the threat doesn't seem as as uh, pressing or immediate. So in that case, uh, should they have not even bothered with this story? Like they could. No, like it's it's. I think it even despite the flaws, I think this the story itself was good enough to to tell, and and you know the writers knew the flaws. Yep. Because. The, the villain figured out the problem, so whatever. But it's it's so that they were just like, oh, whatever. We'll just we'll just do it because it's good enough. Um, and the first thing with the the bees finding the first victim, it, it, for me that was kind of okay. Um, that that was more vague. That's still more accessibly easy to to say. Yeah, no, they can do that. So it it doesn't really become a problem until. The scope gets larger, where um, you know the PM gets involved, and they can't figure out how to, you know, not get him killed, and, and things like that. Where where most people could probably figure out how to do it. Yep. I feel. I don't know. Maybe they maybe they focus grouped it and, and figured that most people can't. But I guess I'm smarter or something. I don't it know. seemed pretty obvious to me. Yeah, like it seemed kind of obvious. It's like facial recognition. Wear a mask. Yep. Like put a yep. gas mask on. Like how are they going to kill you? Just cover yes. your orifices. You're not going to die. Yep. That, that would be the case. Or, like, like just have a magnet suit because they're magnetic, right? Um, uh, st- so, stuff like that. But otherwise, what it says about, you know, society and the ease uh, and what, like, what social media does to um, our emotions and what we feel about hatred, because it's easy to do now. It's just, you just do it. It, it, becomes, it becomes just normal to hate. And that's one of the things that kind of, kind of says and and kind of is on display throughout this episode. And you know, I like that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like right now, people say is social media to blame. I don't think it is. I think humans have always been shit. And yeah, it's so, just the ease. And yeah, this is just what happens to humans when things become this easy. Exactly. And I mean, you you see it all the time, uh, especially with what's going on with the world at the moment and. You know, it's always been there. It's always been lurking underneath. Uh, I think that these sort of episodes are really good, though, because 
you know, someone will just sit down um, and binge watch Black Mirror and they'll come across this episode and they may sit there and think, maybe the next time I jump online I should really think about what I'm doing. Uh, because, you know... Though there is one thing, that the the victim that they try and save, the, the woman who is pretending to urinate on the, the memorial statue, I kept thinking the whole time, I'm like, this is kind of your fault too. Like, the, the victims in this aren't blameless either. Uh, they're real, they, yeah. they don't commit an act that is worthy of dying. I want to make that very clear. Like, even someone pretending to, to, to piss on a memorial statue or insulting someone that's dead, that's not, that should never be a death sentence. But the actions of these people are not great. They're, they are quite nasty. Uh, but then, again, you know, the other side of it, and this is what this episode brings up, is mob justice doesn't work and crowdsource justice doesn't work and the crime never fits the punishment and vice versa so yeah and for, and know, for that example too, what i like about this episode is that it shows the woman being very distraught if you're like just by having done that and the negative repercussions of it on social media she's actually really upset and she's stressing out and all this kind of stuff so like that is a fitting kind of punishment for what she did so the murdering is just unnecessary at that point, right? Like, Yeah, because the lesson's been learned. Yeah, so we see in social media, like, um, as, as, a, as a device for punishment, it kind of already has that built in. Into, like, it, does, it doesn't need to extend to murder. And, you know, the obvious problem is that it is so easy that anyone, even despite, like, even if they don't do that, they can have the, the punishment of... Um, all that negativity without having to, without doing it just because you ticked off some group of people. Um, so that's the problem that they don't quite, uh, deal with in this, in this, uh, in this episode, but you know, there's lots of other, the more pressing things, I guess, that they were trying to, um, talk about. So, mm. yeah. Yeah. I don't know if this episode had to be quite so long. Yeah. It's yeah, an hour no, and a half. Uh, that's that surprised me. I didn't. I would agree with you, Roy. I um, I kind of feel that I've got the gist of what you guys are talking about without having. I've only watched an hour of it. So I guess like Netflix gave them a bunch of money. So I guess they were just like, well, we can keep, we can make it a, an hour and a half, and they did. Uh, now, did you guys want to uh, say anything else before we quickly wrap this episode up with some Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. talk? Are there going to be more episodes of Black Mirror? I don't know uh, if it's been reviewed. I thought there were six more episodes in another season or something. Sorry, yeah, in this season there are. There are more episodes. We haven't We haven't actually finished the this and S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, no, there oh, are only this is six. this season? Sorry, no. No, you are. You're correct. I thought it was 12. I thought it was 12 as well, because I yeah. remember reading that Netflix got 12 seasons of Black, 12 episodes of Black Mirror. Uh, I just looked it up there. I, I've got Netflix open in front of me. It is only six, so... But I maybe guess... Well, I mean, 12 episodes, I assume that just means that they, they have two seasons of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah this because is definitely... Each, each season of Black Mirror has always been six, because British. Yeah. The previous seasons were three. Yep. So, yeah. It looks like they've taken it up to six episodes per season. So, definitely the end of the season. Oh, well, that's a shame. I was looking forward to some more Black Mirror, but I guess I'll have to wait till around this time next year. 
then in that case, we can talk about you the say season. That and then we'll get another episode about the pedophiles, and then you know. Oh, that was a hard one to watch. Um, just uh, <laughs> in that case, Roy, love, I, Roy, what did you think about that one? You loved it, didn't you? Um, didn't you? Which episode was that again? Well, the, pedophiles. Come on, man. There's only one episode no, about pedophilia. No, look, give me, tell me about what happened in it. Uh, after a virus it's called, infects it's his called, laptop, uh, shut up and dance. Shut up and dance. It's when yes. people get made to do stuff because of indiscretions that they get caught doing online. Uh, after oh, a... and everyone got troll-faced at the end? Yes. Yeah. Oh, that was great. Yeah, <laughs> I knew you it. sick fuck. I knew it, you sadistic <laughs> Oh, that you was sick... hilarious. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. It was wrecked. It was horrible. It was horrible. I felt bad about it for a week. Oh, they just got wrecked so hard. That was great. I love that episode. I fucking knew it, man. I told you. I told uh, you, man. Um, just quickly, uh, before we move on, I'll I'll get this from each of you. Uh, so, Tommy, first up, uh, this is of course the Netflix produced season of Black Mirror. Uh, how did you feel about it compared to the British-run uh, episodes from the BBC? Uh, individually, not quite as strong. Oh, okay, okay, on average, not quite as strong, but still holds up in terms of what Black Mirror is all about. But I think they went a bit waylaid in a few instances. Yeah, that's a fair... I, I would agree with that. What about you, Roy? I don't know if it's because they're running out of ideas or not, but the first six episodes of Black Mirror in seasons one and two felt more... Um, I'm not really exactly sure how to say it. Like they, these, these ones from Netflix were closer to reality, I'd say, whereas some of the other ones were bit more out there and I was a bit more interested in those yep. like the episodes the episode I think it was the second episode where everyone was on the bikes yep yeah right um you know that only had a vague um connection to reality as we know it uh, the world as we know it or like the ones where everyone had the um I think there were two episodes where they like copied the mind of someone to create like a computer system for their house. Yeah, that was a Christmas special. Or yeah. whatever. Yeah, like yeah, stuff like that felt a bit more out there and I was a bit more into that. So I'm hopefully in the next six episodes they take a bit of a more riskier storylines here. Yep. Uh, Still great show though. Yeah, look, I, I, I loved it. I, I still think it's it holds up. Uh, all the episodes, at the very least, uh, were interesting. Uh, moving out into uh, to six episodes, I think Netflix obviously gave them a lot more money to do what they were doing. I'm used to Black Mirror, though, being very, very sad and, and depressing. It's, it's definitely a depressing look at the future, especially in the first... You got, uh, you got two the, of those. You got two of those. This, you, three, no, you, three of those this season. You did get three. Uh, it was interesting. Oh, four. No, four. You got four. Yeah, it, it was interesting to see them take the approach in episode one and four of a more upbeat ending. Uh, you know, in episode four, the the woman learns Love story. that. Love story, yeah. You know, you, you, she learns that you can do something, uh, 
you can fight against this sort of social media system that she finds herself in. And like Tommy said, episode four was a love story. So I found those um, interesting. I'm glad that there was episode four between three and five because three is horrifying. I don't care what Roy says. Made me feel bad. And I will never watch that episode again because it's horrible. Yeah, episode Um, three. (laughs) So yeah, season three, Black Mirror, I... I think people should still watch it. It's still a great anthology series, especially if you love uh, Twilight Zone or The Outer Limits. And this is this is still for you. Uh, lots yeah, of the thing is, even commentary. if it isn't as impactful as the original run, it still does what like the, what the core of Black Mirror does is make you think about technology and what it does to humanity. Yep, and they and still, still do that, that here. Yeah, yep. absolutely, absolutely. All right, uh, Tommy, we need to very, very quickly wrap up with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. here so you can yeah. get out of here. Uh, so this is the mid-season uh, finale. There are still going to be a lot more episodes. Uh, the biggest thing that happens in this episode, of course, they go after Eli Morrow and the Ghost Rider sacrifices himself uh, to save everyone. Uh, the other half of this episode, which is what I, I was worried about in the previous episode, was that they've built a second Ultron. How do you feel about that now, Tommy? Do you think you were right or I'm right? Uh, she, yeah. Ada full-on snaps a dude's neck. Snaps a dude's neck, yeah. Yep. And she's got yep. some kind of May clone? Yes. Something? Yes. I was like, shit! So she's built... I can't I can't tell if she's built another May. I, I think the connotation is that the May that's in the field is the fake May. Yes, that's correct. So the one she's um, got at home is the the broken like is our human May, and the one that's with Coulson that is a life. It happened somewhere along the line. When did she get the thing in her in her head? I guess that was May, May did that. Yeah. So uh, I, I, just, I I still feel even though that she's killed someone that this is all for the greater good. No, I, I think feel no, that way. Ultron man. Got another they Ultron. Can't, they can't just rehash Ultron. That's too it's too obvious. You think so? It has to be for the great. Yeah, I, for me, it feels like it has to be for the greater good, and that the May that's out in the field now is gonna get killed, and then it's gonna be yo, what's up? I was a life model decoy. Here's the I, real May, and May's gonna go and go fuck shit up. Yeah, I I think that Ava has been infected I, with the Dark Home. I <clears> think she's probably possessed by whatever entity. Um, they've tapped into with that dimension yeah the killing does not help yeah. my argument that's for i sure. think yeah. i think she's being uh corrupted by that or inhabited by it too like you know maybe this was the perfect form for whatever thing uh needed to possess her in a similar fashion that the ghost rider possesses a, a host uh i i felt kind of bad for the ghost rider but i'm sure he'll be back be fine i mean he's escaped yeah. before from that realm so he's fine yeah absolutely uh, what were your biggest takeaways from this episode? Uh, I don't know, I like to see the, the whole teams together. I really enjoyed that. Like the whole, the fight scene and stuff, like Yo-Yo coming in and doing her thing. Yep. The, the thing with her and Mac was a little bit tenuous in the middle, but it was all right. Um, yeah, I liked it. I liked it. It was I very like- enjoyable. I liked how the director got his own super suit. Yeah, he, he had a good super suit. Yep, that was a cool super suit. 
you know. sort of Captain America esque in a way. With like the, he just shows up and then he he, he saves the thing. It's like, yeah, Daisy's been with the whole team the whole time, guys. Don't worry about it. Daisy's nope. the best. Yeah, she's been undercover as a criminal. I thought that was a clever way to uh, to reintegrate her. I thought that was very smart. I, I like the uh, the scene that they put together with Slingshot, how she went through and, well, Yo-Yo. I think her actual, the, the hero name is Slingshot. When Yo-Yo goes through and she rearranges everyone so that they can get, you know, Max shoots the right guy and Coulson manages to trip the dude. She rearranges them all. I thought gives that him was the, really she gives cool. Gives him the gun and then she puts the magnet thing on the thing. Yeah, that's smart use of that hero, and that's kind of what we like about Shield. I I definitely, I definitely like that moment with Ghost Rider as well when Coulson is pulling him out of the contraption that Eli Morrow has built, which would destroy everyone. Like Morrow's plan is to uh, basically start again, and he's going to wipe everyone out with this atomic bomb and rebuild things in his uh, his twisted image. And as they're trying to pull the Ghost Rider out, he's like, nah, no, nah, I'm going to end this now and once and for all. Closes the, the blast hatch and, and blows them all to hell. I thought that was yeah. a nice little sacrifice. I'm sure he'll be back, but I don't think he'll be back this season. Yeah, maybe not. You know, I think we'll see him. The next time we'll see the Ghost Rider, I think, will be Netflix. You know, I really like that moment when Eli Morrow is, like, showing Ghost Rider the water. And he, he can just generate water. And yep. then Ghost Rider's like, what? Water? Who gives a shit? But if, yep. you, um, if you think about it, like, he explains a little bit. But I really like the significance of what that meant for that character. Because yeah. it just it's still something innocuous as water, but creating it out of thin air... For for like a layman just looking at it, it's like yeah, so what? But for someone who understands, you know, um, science, that's pretty significant to make some a compound out of nothing. Because yeah. before then he was just making pure elements. Yep. Um, but yeah, as he's working up, he's able, to, and then he's like, I can I can control fucking compounds and shit now, bitch. What's up? And then so he's, I, I like that as a signifier for power. He's he's also extrapolating. <laughs> he's like, I can create water. The next stage is life itself. And I'm like, yeah. yeah, that's that's a cool progression. Uh, I don't like I said, I don't think either of them are dead, but uh, I don't think we'll probably see them again. Maybe I think they'll probably focus on Inhumans for the rest of the uh, the season. I mean, that's speculation. We'll we'll have to see how it works out. Yeah, I also like that when when Coulson showed up, he said a line about something, um, trying to calm Eli down, but he just completely misread the character and said the absolutely wrong thing. Yeah. I like that too because it shows that you know Coulson isn't always right about his reads. Yeah, he's generally pretty correct, but in this moment he was completely wrong. And like they kind of pre-established why he was, um, why this character wasn't disposed to being called a a thief. Yep. Um, and that the logic of what that means for like in terms of science for that character wouldn't work, and why he kind of flipped off the rails because of it. I like that. So the writing is still very solid in terms of character stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, sorry to say we have to leave it there. That's it for 2016, the most awful year in my recent memory. Not for That's television, though. Year. Not for TV. Whether it, well, I should say that in the grand scape of the world because I got married, I watched some good stuff, I hung out with the bros, which is what I always like to do. So I, I've had a good year. The world has not had a good year, though. There was a good Star Wars prequel. Whoever thought we'd say that? 
ever. Star Wars prequel good, same sentence. Uh, I'm glad you brought that up. If you, I did a little mini review, which is on the uh, currently uh, on this feed, so you can check that out. That was out last night. Um, well, guys, I guess we could probably end this season of the TV breakdown, our first season, called the season one. Uh, what did uh, what were your personal favourites, Tommy? What was your personal te- favourite TV show that we talked about this year? Well, Agents of Shield is always like, like every time I come on. I, I'm always gushing about it. I just love it. But I think it's probably in terms of quality and general, uh, yeah, quality. Just general quality. I feel it's probably Mr. Robot season one and two. I don't think we did. We talk no, we didn't talk about season one, did we? It was season two. We just did season two. Yeah, but season season yeah, Mr. Robot is probably the best show that I've watched in what we've reviewed. Yep. Yeah. Throughout this first season of this show. Uh, what about yourself, Roy? What did you enjoy, enjoy the most this year? Mm, did we talk about Vikings? Yeah, we did. We there did, was, yeah. We did talk about seasons. Vikings, yeah. then. Vikings is very good. Vikings, Vikings is pretty good. Good. Still good. Still good. Uh, still good. Uh, I'm surprised think- it's still going. I, I think for me this year, uh, the surprise out of the gate for me was Westworld. I was shocked at how much I've enjoyed it, and I actually think it was probably better than Game of Thrones this year, and that's going to cause a bit of derision, I'm sure. But I well, really, Game of Thrones did have a shit episode. I mean, it, it, was, it was kind of okay, but I mean, in terms of Game yeah. of Thrones standards, it was kind of shit. It did, but Westworld... The Terminator, the Terminator episode, but Westworld was consistent throughout. It was, and I, and I really enjoyed that, and and great performances, especially seeing Anthony Hopkins. Um, and then, Hopkins, yeah, wow. Uh, just quickly, uh, what did you hate the most this year, Tommy? Gotham. Oh, this year. No, okay. um, yeah, it had to be the whole Legends, season. wouldn't uh, it? Oh, I did hate Legends a lot, but Gotham was because Legends came out, and I wasn't expecting much from it to begin with. Um, I was like, whatever, we'll give it a shot. But Gotham season one was so good, and then season two, I'm like, what the fuck? Yep. Right. Yeah, um, see, but for this Gotham, year, it was. Uh, was Gotham season two not this year? No, Gotham season two was this year. Oh, was it this year? Okay, yep. then I choose Gotham season two. Thank fuck. Yep. Oh, I don't have to choose between one of my babies. That's good. Yeah. No, Woo! I will. I I will say yes. Gotham season two blew hard. Uh, All it dis- very closely by Flash, I think. No, no, Arrow season four, then Legends. Arrow didn't, then... Arrow didn't make me as angry. Really? For some well, reason, like, it, it, some episodes were definitely worse, for yep. sure. But as a season, Flash, like, almost consistently made me angry every time. Yeah, well, Gotham, Gotham season two was awful. It was awful from a, a storytelling perspective. And it was awful because it helped taint some characters that I absolutely love. And there was yeah, the I think Batman... I ruined literally every character. It, it was the Batman 1966 exists, and that is better than Gotham Season 2 uh, from a character perspective. So, yeah, my vote goes for Gotham. What about you, Roy? It was easily Gotham Season yep. 2. I mean, <laughs> is there any question? No. Nah. It was an awful, I mean, awful show. Just the four. Sure it was this year? It was this just, year. 
it just the fall it made from season one to season two just made it so much worse. Like if the show had started out that bad, it started I probably would have just watched like one or two. That's episodes. why Country's Legends over Gotham is because it didn't. It started that badly, so I was just like, okay. Yeah, like if yeah. Gotham had started out that bad, I would have just watched one or two episodes and be like, no, fuck this shit, I'm out. Yep. But it's that. You know, we're like, okay, Gotham, let's check this out. And season one was great. So we yep. had these expectations up, you know, all the way up there. And then season two just, like, you know, it's, it was almost as bad. Well, I say almost, but, you know, it was somewhat as bad as when I watched the 100. Oh, man, I was, I was, you, just brought, you just brought that back to my memory. Like, if we, if we reviewed that, <laughs> the 100, even despite, like, despite... It just being my first one, that would have been number one. Yeah. Holy shit! What a oh. I don't know. Gotham was. Fuck! Really I hated bad, that though. motherfucker, man. <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> we definitely, yeah, we we managed to go through some awful television this year for sure. Uh, I'm pretty well, sure that like, was last year for me. But yeah, yeah. Anyway. Well, like I said, uh, this is the end of this season. Uh, we've got a brand new website. It is so close to to coming. We need to take some time off. Uh, because we need to work on it. Uh, we've got some other podcasts that we're going to be debuting. Uh, and uh, on top of that, uh, once we do have it up and running, uh, the TV podcast will have uh, a written component as well, which is really yep. cool. That, it'll have um, stuff. It'll have a graph. Yeah, there'll be... Who it'll loves be graphs? Roy loves be, graphs. Uh, you, you do. And not only yeah, that, graphs. but... Uh, the the coolest feature of the new website, this is something that I really, really uh, think is fantastic, is in that written section, myself, Roy, and Tommy will be able to put in our own individual scores. And what this means is, let's say uh, you're more in line with Tommy's opinion. Well, you can sort of track how he sees the show and what he's scoring it, so you can make sort of better decisions if you like the way we uh, specifically review things or if yeah. you like the way Roy sees the world which only horrifying people I'm sure do then you know can you imagine <laughs> just that like a massive weird uptick for episode 3 of Black Mirror in terms yeah, of, it'd be, it'd like, be the, like, the scale doesn't really reflect that because it's just a numeric scale but in terms of like yep. in terms of the emotion oh that would have been really weird to see <laughs> Just these, these down phases, and then there's just this really happy one from Roy for yep. Black Mirror Episode 3. That would have been amusing. So that that is going to be really cool. And, of course, there'll be a comment section. People can uh, can chime in. And I just say be nice when you when you do do that. But it, it's it's going to be our evolution uh, in, into something much better. And like I said, we've got a bunch of new uh, podcasts that we're, are in the works. There's a movie show coming. There's going to be uh, uh, an interesting little take on Australia that I'm working on with Holly. Uh, Holly Hunt also, well, Holly Soul, I should say now. Correct Holy Soul. Yeah, get it right back. Yeah. Holy Soly. Holly Soul has a, uh, a new podcast, which she pre-recorded this year uh, on books. That's all coming. So like I said, we have to take a few weeks off um, and get that up and running. So uh, from myself personally, thank you very much for hanging out with us this year and i know we've got some regular listeners and i hope that however you decide to spend the silly season i hope it's a good one i hope you enjoy yourself and for me personally have a great new year for for 2017 yeah fuck you 2016 yes eat a shit eat a shit 2016 yeah Um, great new year i guess 
<laughs> now, I cannot do this alone, of course, so big thank you to my podcasting buddy, the OG podcasting buddy, Tommy Den. Yeah, that was my quote. I blew it early. Fuck, come on, Matt, what the hell? That's not my fault that you blew your load early. Kind of is in this instance. Because usually you do, you do, <laughs> you would have done this much earlier. That's why I kind of waited yep. and then there was silence. I was like, okay, so this is when the podcast ends. Fuck you, 2016. Ah, uh, anyway, whatever. See you later, I guess. <laughs> Idiots. And of course, a big thank you from me to uh, my other podcasting buddy, and that is Roy the Wonder Boy. Roy the Wonder Boy! Well, I haven't heard that for a while. Nice. Yeah, we haven't. Uh, stay safe, and we will see you all again next year. Oh, look, I see you first.